to the first episode of Gravediggers Unite, a podcast dedicated to the fighting organization of the poor and dispossessed here in the belly of the beast, United States of America and beyond. If you're out there organizing, making art, preaching good news to the poor, educating and agitating, if you're wondering what is to be done or where do we go from here, we're here for you. Not with all the answers, but with a good amount of experience and a whole lot of commitment. We're your hosts, Willie Baptist, Sierra Taylor, and I'm John Wessel McCoy, and we're glad you're joining us. And we hope, I hope you walk away today with a little bit more clarity, a little bit more competence, a little bit more commitment, and uh, a little bit more connectedness. Um, so Willie, we're calling all the grave diggers to unite. Uh, what do we mean by that? Who are the great well, ones? We're referencing the Manifesto of the Communist Party written by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. And I want to read a selection from that, um, from that document. Uh, the modern bourgeois society that has sprouted from the ruins of feudal society has not done away with class antagonisms. It has but established new classes, new conditions of oppression, new forms of struggle in place of the old ones. Our epic, the epic of the bourgeoisie, possesses, however, this distinctive feature. It has simplified the class antagonism. Society as a whole is splitting up more and more into two great hostile camps, into two great classes directly facing each other. Modern industry, industry, therefore, cuts under the feet the very foundation on which bourgeoisie produces and appropriate products. What the bourgeoisie therefore produces, above all, are its own grave diggers. Its fall and the victory of the proletariat are equally inevitable. Today, we see these, this statement, this analysis by Marx and Engels as applying globally. It's taking place globally and with this uh, unheard of and unprecedented technological revolution uh, in terms of computers and robots and AI has shaped this proletariat where we see a growing struggle of the poor and dispossessed section of it who are fighting globally as well as domestically. And what we wanna talk about is, is those struggles and how they issue from an economy that is going into deeper and deeper crises, uh, which is mostly affecting this segment of the of the population. That is the poor and dispossessed section of the working class of the proletariat. So this is what we mean by the grave diggers. These are the people who have to kill the system because the system is continuously killing it. Right on. Thank you, Willie. Appreciate that. That's that's what this show is going to be about. Those are the kind of conversations we're planning to have. And we're gonna bring in some comrades as we go and uh, really lift up the stories, these, these sort of untold stories and of the fighting organizations of the poor and dispossessed. Um, and um, what I wanna say here, cause I think our job here today is just to kind of introduce ourselves, uh, get people you know, a little sense of, of, of who we are and, and where we're coming from. You know, I've learned 
uh, in this work as an organizer over the years and um, an educator is that, that you need comrades. Uh, you need to find yourself some people, some collectivity, build that collectivity with some people uh, who can, you know, think through some tough, the tough challenges and questions together, um, build trust with folks, and you need folks with whom you can study as well as struggle together. And so to that extent, that's that's what this podcast is about. It's what it values. Um, and I think uh, I hope we can demonstrate that a little bit of the collectivity, the, the you know, the real love we have for each other and the, the sort of commitment that we share and how we hold each other. Um, and so uh, let's do a little bit of introducing ourselves uh, today. Um, and uh, I think I think it's good for us to start here with you, Willie. Um, and I was wondering if you could introduce, you know, yourself, uh, just kind of where you're coming from and, and how you got into this work as, as an organizer. Hey, well, first of all, hello, everybody. My name is Willie Baptist, Lyco Baptist Church. Uh, I've been poor all my life. I'm now 75 years old. Uh, I've been homeless on the streets of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for a good spate of time. Uh, I've worked all sorts of jobs all kinds of jobs, low-income jobs. I've worked, uh, for example, at Harvey Aluminum, I, where I became this uh, organizer of the Steelworkers Union. And uh, uh, I uh, uh, was also in, uh, I've been organizing in poor communities and, and among the homeless for over 55 years. I've studied the revolutionary theory of Marxism. I've been studying it for over 50 years now. And uh, I've uh, used that in my, my work of organizing the poor. I was 10 years the educational director of the Kensington Welfare Rights Union, which was basically a merger between the old National Welfare Rights Organization and National Welfare Rights Union in the international. Uh, 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 union of the Homeless. And uh, uh, I did education among the poor during that period as the education director of that organization for over 10 years. I was eight years, eight years, a member, board member of, of the Picture of the Homeless in New York, uh, a senior advisor now of the National Union of the Homeless. Uh, to know me, you need to know the, the events that shape who I am and uh, and what I do today and my commitments. Uh, I was, there was a lot of events being as old as I am, there's a lot of things that shaped me, but two of the major events I would say would be my uh, uh, experience that I had growing up in Watts, uh, uh, California, which has gotta be one of the poorest, if not the poorest uh, community at that time in the entire state of California. Uh, August 11, 1965, uh, uh, Watts broke out in 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 militant protests against the you know inhuman conditions uh, that existed there. We had upwards of sixty percent unemployment, particularly among the youth. Uh, the relationship with the police in in Watts uh, uh, was bad, and uh, there was a number of harassments and and police killings that really ignited the Watts uprising. Uh, when some 60,000 to, to 100,000 people hit the, hit the streets in militant protests. Uh, I was part of that whole struggle. It really shaped me. 
and the conditions that exist, the economic conditions that exist among that section of the working class are conditions that was mainly focused, uh, concentrated in the black ghettos throughout the country. And Watts, the uprising in Watts kind of ignorated in the big cities, uh, in the black ghettos uh, throughout the country. And over the course of the latter half of the 60s, over three, 300 cities erupted in violent protests against the conditions uh, that existed in these ghettos. Uh, there were, you know, this was, this was part of the black community of the poor and dispossessed. There was other sections like, like in LA at that time, besides Watts, there was a black community uh, called uh, Baldwin Hills. We called it the Black Belly Hills. Those were the upper class blacks who were professionals. Uh, they were subject to, you know, police profiling and racial profiling and so on. But the concentration of police brutality and where the eruption of protests took place was largely in the area around, in and around Watts. Uh, it wasn't, uh, uh, this is what, uh, what, uh, uh, happened in, in shaping who I am. And the condition that exists then are conditions that are now not just facing black, black, the black poor and dispossessed, but also other sections of the, of the, uh, of, of the uh, poor, including poor whites, uh, Latinos and so forth. But anyway, uh, I'm still a student of Watts. You know, I'm still learning what was the condition that gave rise and how those conditions are finding expression today and have become more widespread, have become globalized, and what that means in terms of the struggles of the poor and dispossessed. I was also an organizer with the Homeless Union. Uh, we organized during the latter half of the 80s in the uh, first half of the 90s. It was the first of its kind where the homeless men and women organized themselves in some 25 states. We organized 25 locals of the homeless union. And uh, it, it was uh, evidence of the fact that uh, we were homeless, but not helpless, that we could think for ourselves, we can speak for ourselves, we can fight for ourselves, we can organize ourselves, and we can lead not just ourselves, but the nation. I mean, the homeless and the poor population represent a huge and growing reservoir of, of, of unsung saints and, and geniuses who are having to make a way out of no way. And this, of course, collides with the, the prevailing stereotypes. But the fact is, is that in order to, to survive and to struggle within the society at the bottom of society, you have to be able to, to, to develop street smarts you know, uh, and, and an understanding of your situation. So the we want to we want to get into some of that. I'm just part of that whole development in terms of leaders and others that are emerging out of the struggles of the poor and dispossessed. But those are the two major events that <laughs> shape who I am. If you want to know who I am, you have to understand what those events were, what they're doing, and what's happening today with the struggles of the poor and homeless today in the richest country in the world, in the United States, as well as globally. That's that's powerful. I think when when I'm hearing you talk about this, Willie, I, I think that we are, um, you know, really, we're gonna spend a lot of time like going back, I think, through and, and looking deeper into all the different lessons from, you know, whether it's around Watts and the experience you had as a youth, you know, kind of coming out of that all the way through to, 
um, the the organizing work of the National Union of the Homeless, and uh, which was like mid mid to late eighties, right? Is the like when was the when do we mark kind of the start? Eighty five was when the, the yeah, first local union was formed right. in Philly. So in Philly, it was, it was yeah, eighty five to 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 nineteen ninety five. Yeah, and these like these 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 uh struggles for survival and these 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 the, you know this expression of organization of people um you know uh who, you know who are just getting thrown thrown out i know we're going to get into you know a lot of like kind of how how the economy um has changed and the role of technology um and you know we're, we're going to hit up on that i think maybe you know in some episodes very soon but um you know as a way to kind of keep keep sort of telling our story of like how we all know it. And we've been working together for, for years. I, I realize that, um, you, you and I, Willie, we, we have known each other, you know, going into the next year, it'll be 20 years. Um, yeah. yeah. Time, time flies, time flies. Time flies. And, um, where does it all go? I, uh, um, but I thought that might be a good way for us to sort of, you know, kind of keep the keep keep the story going because it's, you know, it's a little we're we're, we're a little like uh, Wizard of Oz, and I guess you're Dorothy in this story, Willie. Uh, anyway, you know, but we're that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, so um, and I uh, I got to know you in 2004, and I, I guess I'm a scarecrow because. Um, <laughs> No, uh, because I don't have a brain, but um, no, I'm from the Midwest and I grew up in a cornfield. Uh, I uh, I met you in New York City and, um, you know, my wife, Colleen, and I had just moved out there uh, so that she could attend Union Theological Seminary. And um, you were coming up from uh, uh, out of the work you had done out of Philadelphia, working in Kensington and working you know, all this history stretching back from the National Union of the Homeless all the way up to, and, you know, we'll go into greater details, I think, you know, at some point, bring some folks on actually from the Cairo Center. But back in the day, there was this student-led initiative, and my my wife was part of that uh, in 2004 um, of founding the Poverty Initiative. Um, we had just moved from Chicago to New York City, um, and uh, we show up at union in, you know, right as, as this sort of effort, this, this work is, is coming about at union with, with Liz, Theo Harris, and you, you came along soon after, mm -hmm. um, a little about myself. I had been, um, so I grew up in Decatur, Illinois, and, um, you know, I'll go maybe some, sometime down the road, a little bit more into details around the strikes that happened when I was in high school. But, you know, I grew up in a kind of a small industrial city right in the center of the state. I was in high school in the mid nineties when the, when the strikes, uh, there were three of the four big employers in town. The workers went on strike. Uh, they were all at strike all at once. Actually the, with Staley, the, the corn processing plant, uh, it was a three-year lockout, and that that had a big impact on me as a youth. You know, growing up there, and you know, uh, uh, you know our our town was really sort of you know impacted hard. But that was a that was a that was a particular moment around organized labor that I think marked a you know kind of a period both of like 
you know, folks struggling and fighting and, but also, you know, losing. <laughs> and, uh, but, but that, that turned me on to, or made me sort of really conscious about, you know, issues around class and, 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 and labor. And, um, you know, I worked as a union organizer. Uh, in fact, when, when we met Willie, I was, I was working as a, as a union organizer, uh, at, with ACORN and the United mm -hmm. Federation of Teachers. I had been, uh, working on it. I've worked on a campaign for a few years there when we were first in New York, uh, with childcare providers. And, um, you know, I had had a lot of different kinds of experiences over the years around, you know, this type of style of organizing, whether it was like trade union organizing, or it was, um, you know, the sort of Alinsky style community organizing. Those were, those were sort of my first exposures to like what it looked like to make this fight. And then, you know, it just really, I've been thinking a lot about this lately of like, you know, kind of connecting with the, the style uh, and the sort of a, the approach to, 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 you know, um, organizing among the poor and dispossessed that, 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 you know, um, was very distinct, uh, in terms of what, what you and Liz and the folks were bringing, bringing to the table. And, uh, so I got involved, started working with the poverty initiative there at union. Um, and, you know, was, you know, have been kind of with you ever since. Right. And so, um, you know, I kind of come from a working class background. I'm a Midwestern guy and I'm very, uh, you know, um, I, I think, I think I, you know, before I kind of came into this work, like, you know, I had a lot of those kind of like, you know, the, the, these different kinds of approaches. And the thing that I think really was distinctive about us working together was just this emphasis on leadership development and, and, and the focus of, well, first of all, this idea that, you know, you know, poor folks can, you know, fight for themselves and they can think for themselves and they can provide leadership, right? Not just for themselves, but for the whole, whole, whole of, you know, our society. Um, and, uh, you know, th this other thing of like, we all often say in this work of like, you know, it's not just the plight, uh, but it's, it's also the fight and the insight, right? Sort of mm -hmm. the genius of, you know, yes, the yes. work that comes out of like the welfare rights struggles and, and, uh, you know, homeless organizing. And, you know, um, I think over time we'll bring in like folks from like the United Workers and, and, uh, you know, put people first Pennsylvania and Vermont worker centers and just comrades out there that are really sort of, you know, building organizations among the poor and dispossessed. Um, but the other thing that I love working with you, Willie, over these years is just like this emphasis on, on, on political education and specifically around history, right? Um, we, we started working together on, um, and within the poverty initiative and within back then it was called the poverty scholars program, uh, this network of grassroots, you know, emerging leaders, community and religious leaders, uh, getting together, having strategic dialogues, um, developing ourselves as, you know, kind of a network of dedicated and committed leaders, um, this emphasis on history, right? The history of the struggles of the poor and dispossessed, particularly looking for those, those times when, you know, folks on the bottom here in this country have, and, and beyond, like have, 
have a like united across the the you know historic lines of division across color lines um you know southern tenant farmers union the uh you know the work of the you know the the mine miner struggle in west virginia um and especially uh the significance of like this history of abolition and civil war and reconstruction so um i think i credit you willie for the first you know you know i think you turned me on to black reconstruction and 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 really studying du bois um yeah. and really understanding the the real revolutionary content and possibility and importance of of reconstruction um and really studying what you know you know particularly you know you know using you know the amazing insights and analysis that du bois brought so this is a long way for me to say that I started working in our network of, of, of like, you know, we, we were, we developed political education and these like studies of history. And we really started getting into the, you know, I think the significance, especially of the, the abolitionist movement before the civil war, you know, the sort of development of, yeah. of and, and the stages of development that, that lead up to the, the the real revolutionary situation that the civil war was which is i think kind of where sierra and i kind of come together right so i wanted to kind of open things up and bring sierra uh as we ease on down the road here um and think uh, <laughs> uh think a little bit so so here we are working together poverty initiative uh moving towards you know the the poor people's campaign and um it was around 2017 sierra that it was the summer of 2017 and you were coming in the mix here um and we worked together the first thing we ever did together was working on we were developing this what what's become the lessons from the movement to end slavery curriculum and um this is this like class that's designed for organizers and fighters you know making thinkers out of fighters and fighters out of thinkers to study the abolitionist movement and we were working actually with put people first pennsylvania back then in 2017 with their mother jones leadership program and you came in the mix along with our our comrade kevin uh kang and uh and and so so how did you how did you meet up with with us we'll see if you take it from there i guess you're the you're the tin man <laughs> i was about to say i wish i would have known that we were going to do these i'm just playing I, I, don't <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but, you know what's going to end up i was like would I be the Tin Man or the Cowardly Lion, Toto? No. Um, yeah, yeah, so um, exactly. I I came into the mix in 2017. Um, I was coming out of Florida. Um, I had been organizing uh, with the Dream Defenders uh, down there. Uh, we started the Dream Defenders after the killing of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin in 2012. And I mean, by the time, you know, 2017 rolled around, I was just burnt out. Um, I was I was struggling. I felt really lost. I felt just really depressed. I felt really uninspired. I didn't know what it was. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, like I tried 
everything, you know, crystals and somatics and yoga and incense and, you know, just all the things. Um, not to say that those things don't work, but I think that what was actually really helpful for me um, was coming into relationship with you all. Um, and in particular, thinking about uh, this movement to end slavery and the abolitionist movement. I think coming from an organization who at the time, you know, we went through different stages of trying to understand uh, the context that we were in or, the, the, or what we were really facing. And I think, you know, like many folks, we, I say myself in particular, you know, at a point in time when trying to understand why, you know, people, young people like Trayvon Martin were being killed or, you know, why these, you know, these uh, huge occurrences of police brutality, mass incarceration were happening. And I think that, you know, on the surface, what we thought we saw or, you know, what, or what, you know, I, th I feel like people were, you know, telling us is like, oh, it's just race. It's just race. It's just this race issue. People hate black people. That's just how it's always been. That's just how it's always going to be. Um, and I think that, yeah, I mean, it just really put me in a position of just like, where, where do you go from there? Uh, but actually, like through political education and through really understanding the enemy um, and how this country was formed, uh, founded, the, the practices, the processes, the ways in which, um, you know, the ruling class has manipulated and divided um, the poor and dispossessed and using, you know, these racial lines, but um, really hiding the fact, um, you know, hiding the, the you know, this underlying um, sort of system of oppression and dispossession, um, the role of the state, all of that, you know, and, and it, it just really opened up, um, I think, getting into that history and 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 sort of understanding i think really actually opened it opened up um this struggle for me in a way that hadn't before there i, I was able to see you know sort of new opportunities for us to um to, to really build um and and build a movement and and being able to connect with these different um people in fronts of struggle that you know we're in relationship with and so yeah that that was my first project with John um, and with Willie, I think uh, our first project was getting into the history of the Watts uprising yeah. and the way in which, you know, you developed as a, a leader, Willie, and, um, and how you were able to understand Watts helped me to try to understand my own um, circumstance and my own, you know, sort of conditions. And so, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a journey, but I, I'm really happy, excited that we get to um, engage uh, in this podcast in this way, and just looking forward to sharing some of the lessons that you know we've learned along the way, and um, just sharing you all with uh, others. I know. <laughs> so, do we miss anything? I'm, I know we missed, I'm thinking of a bunch of stuff we could talk about, but, um, but, uh, I don't know, uh, Willie, did we get it right? Did we miss anything? 
Well, we got a lot to talk about because the yeah. struggle is still unfolding uh, and it's getting bigger and it's getting global. And mm -hmm. uh, and like, uh, I think the point I would emphasize is a point is the just made about how since, basically since the defeat of Reconstruction, the poor and dispossessed section of the population has been a growing section and has also been the most disunited, most disorganized, most racially segregated, the mm -hmm. most dis franchise and the most imprisoned section of the population. And that's not been an accident. Uh, the powers that be, the people who control the economy and control our country, has been able to cruelly manipulate that bottom as a means of controlling uh, controlling this country and to project that power uh, worldwide. So I think as we get into uh, uh, bringing forth these leaders who have been in the trenches, organizing the bottom, which is uh, what the powers that be have always cautioned against, not only cautioned it, but actually eliminated the likes of Dr. King that, yeah. and Fred, yeah. Fred, you know, Fred Hampton, people Fred who Hampton. actually organized yeah. the bottom. That's a no-no uh, in terms of the strategy of the ruling class. So that's what we want to try to get into with uh, these sessions that we have. And the three of us are just a product of that process. We're part yeah. of that process. And it's a process that's still unfolding and it looms to get even larger and and uh, uh and and much more a, a factor and force in 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 this country's uh existence. I mean it's gotta it's gonna be a force to be reckoned with as far as we're concerned. How's that sound to you, Sierra? Seem like seems like something we can do. Yeah. Together maybe we can do <laughs> together maybe we can do this. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, um I think uh I think we're we're gonna kinda kinda bring this part to the close. Um, but I'm gonna bring the Wizard of Oz up again, right? Because I think one of the things that uh that I get this from you, Willie, too, right, is that like in, for us to know the poor and dispossessed, right? Like to understand where where the people who have little or nothing to lose the people yes. that are going to be the new and unsettling force you know in this complacent national life um the other part that i think we got to spend time on and I, we plan to spend time on is that we got to know our enemy right yeah. and we got to know our enemy and we got to know our relative you know strength the relationship between these between these forces and and the middle the folks that are caught in the middle of that and um and the thing you know what maybe down the road we'll talk a little bit you know all the the wall street tours that i i used when yes. i lived in new york city i'm in indiana right now but i used to live in new york city with all with these three comrades we used to be neighbors and and we used to be able to see each other a lot um but the back in the day with the wall street tour you know it was it was always it always came up that of like you know this thing you talk about, Willie, the, the 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 man behind the curtain, right? Like the Toto, that little dog reveals, you know, behind that great and powerful Oz, it's just some little huckster, some grifter behind the curtain. And so we got to know our enemy and that we're going to get into that. So um, for now, I think we're going to close it out and we're going to pick back up. And we're going to keep talking about the the train today, uh, you know, organizing here in the United States and making a fight, the, a fight that connects with comrades around the world. 
uh, but really, really knowing kind of how to make a fight right here in the U.S. So um, we'll catch y'all next time. And, uh, uh, you know, y'all take care of each other.